Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 230. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Every second of every day, your restaurant is talking to you. Between the chatter online, interacting with your POS system, or making transactions with your credit card processor, these are all opportunities to collect data, crucial data that can help you make the right decisions in your restaurant. To learn more, schedule a demo by going to resources.upserve.com slash restaurant unstoppable. And with excitement, allow me to introduce to you back onto the show, David Long. David, tell me you're feeling unstoppable today. I am indeed. He's yes. definitely unstoppable. <laughs> All right. I'm so excited for this interview. I'm feeling wicked <laughs> unstoppable today, David, let me tell you. So uh, <laughs> David Long is the founder and CEO of My Employees, the largest employee engagement and recognition company on the planet and author of Built to Lead, seven management reward principles for becoming a 10% manager. Uh, I loved this bro- book. I, I really... Uh, I, I followed your instructions in the beginning to read it, highlight, go through, read it again. And uh, I just can't wait to dive into the contents of your book, which is what we're going to be doing today is discussing this book. But before we do that, uh, let's get that motivational, inspirational ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. Take it away. Uh, I always go back to my, my, my fallback when really is Zig Ziglar. And the quote basically is to get what you want in life, you must first help other people get what they want. And mm-hmm. I agree uh, wholeheartedly with that statement. Absolutely. Uh, and we, you, you touch on that a few times in the book. I'm sure we'll, we'll come back. I do. I'll yes. come up again, I'm sure, during this interview. Yeah. Um, but tell us a little bit more about you, uh, why we should be listening to you, what makes you an authority on this topic of success and uh, just leadership and management. Well, actually, I, I don't really you know, say it a whole lot, but what I have in my credit, if you will, to my credit, I should say, is I've got about over 35 years of managing people. I have become a top 1%, not top 10%, but a top 1% manager uh, in three separate unrelated industries. You know, when I chose the title of my book, Built to Lead Seven Manager Rewards Principles for Becoming a Top 10% Manager, I was going to put top 1% and I was like, nah, most people wouldn't believe that. So let's just start with the top 10, right? So yeah. that's what we did. Awesome. And uh, I, I'm just, you know, I'm not a consultant. I don't just read about people building business. You know, like you, you said, we're, top, we're not the top business in the industry, but we are in the top 1% in the industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's pretty strong. So, uh, and I started my company 26 years ago. And uh, we, like I said, we, we have done exceptionally well and I have phenomenal team, 62 employees now. And we keep adding people. So we just continue to grow. Every year we grow roughly by 20%. Last year was 19. But, you know, the bigger you get, the harder it is to get that number. So, yeah. but we keep plugging. We keep plugging. 
And uh, I mean, just a couple other reasons why I'm going to be listening to you, uh, things I took away from reading your book, uh, and why I just know you're an authority is, I mean, you dedicate three hours a day to just personal growth and reading and developing yourself. Uh, I mean, you've had right. tons of failures. You've learned from these failures. You share those failures in your book. Uh, and you just come from the school of hard knocks, man. You're one of those people. You're a 10Xer. Mm-hmm. You just show up every day and yeah. you put that work in. And it's totally clear. I mean, it comes out in your advice. I mean, anything else you want to add to that? Actually, I would say probably uh, today, for example, I'm working from home. I'm probably putting in eight hours in study and reading today. Oh, I'm so, jealous. I mean, it's, uh, you know, <laughs> and people would say, uh, well, how in the world? I, can't, I couldn't do that because I had to run my company. Well, I have such a strong team mm-hmm. of people, most, you know, many of whom have been with me many, many years. And I have a very dependable group of individuals that work for us. And they get the job done. Yeah. I don't have to babysit. You know, I told you in the past, I think, when we talked before, that I took off 27 weeks of vacation last year. And uh, I plan to do the same this year. Yeah. And, if anybody- and how in the world, <laughs> how in the world could any business person do that if they didn't have a a phenomenal team in place. Uh, yeah, and if anybody were to ask me how you do that, I would say, I don't know, why don't you read his book? Because you really do. Uh, <laughs> you really do yeah. dive I into... I tell you how to do it. Yeah, you, you know, spell right. it out in such an easy way, yeah. too. I love how you, you wrote the book. in like It's, it's in like little chunks and uh like the paragraphs are just like almost like sentences and it's so easy to scan and so easy just to stay engaged and you you tell so many stories you bring the stories of your uh employees into it and you make examples of people mm-hmm. you really do paint yep. a, a beautiful picture in this book um and i appreciate that eric Thank uh, you. no problem and uh, i mean talking about that you know one top one percent of people uh you know that's the or the ten percent of managers i mean you in the beginning of the book, you talk about 7% of people who are employed become managers. And what percentage of people who are that 7%, what percent of that 7% go on be, to become more than just a manager? Of the seven employees that become managers, less than one gets promoted to the next level. Exactly. And that's what we're going to do today is to kind of pull back the layers and help you become that one out of seven people that get uh, to that next level. And, um, I guess mm-hmm. let's start by now talking about, actually, before we dive in, I have to say thank you uh, for smacking me offside the head. Um, and you'll have to read the book. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> you right. to understand that, but, uh, thank you. Yeah. And I'm just going to stop there because you have to read the book. Um, <laughs> <so> anyway, <laughs> continuing on, uh, you say you give us three reasons why people fail and don't make it to that, that, one out of every seven. Uh, so uh, do you want me just to start by saying what they are and then you can dive into those? I can say it or you can say it. You, you take it away. All right. Well, they manage, but they don't lead their people. Uh, manage is one thing. Leading is another. People that aren't inspired uh, need to be cattle prodded to do the job. But if you are a phenomenal leader and someone who is a constant student of the game and how to get better, your people will mimic your habits. Mm. And that's the thing, is if you uh, want to be successful, you need to lead your people, not manage them. Absolutely. I love it. Uh, What's the next reason? Well, employees don't believe you care about them because you don't show you do. Mm -hmm. And you have to show your people that they matter to you far beyond what they do for you in their job, period. You have to show them that they matter. You have to care about them on a personal level. Now, you'll hear some managers who will say, well, I don't want to do that because they'll take advantage of me. Well, Mm -hmm. I can flat out tell you that my people know that I care about them on a personal level, but they also know that they better not try to take advantage of that. 
Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. You know, I, and I have I have one one guy in particular. I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, he's one of our salespeople, one of our top people, and you know he does a phenomenal job for us. And he tries he once in a while he'll try to to push it a little bit, you know, uh, on where where he thinks he can get by with some things because he's at the top. Mm-hmm. And I do give the best people. I give them, you know, I tell people you give your your best resources your best oats. Yeah. You know, the best to take care of. <laughs> I like and uh, so I, I allow my best people to get by with some things that I would not allow other people to do. They get some kudos and some, some you know, a uh, little flexibility and things and schedules and things like that. Cause I want to keep them happy, but you don't, you, you pick your battles. You don't find things to be disgruntled about or to uh, argue about. You find things that you can do to celebrate them and make them feel more successful, invest in them, where they re- get a phenomenal return in their life, but as well as for you and the company and the other people on your team. Oh, yeah. It's Absolutely. a win-win. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, that's, I mean, you dedicate a whole principle to that. Uh, we'll dive into mm-hmm. it later. And then the third uh, item that we have is people just stop learning. So dive into a little right. that a little bit more and the, the significance of just knowing that it's a never-ending game of just consuming more knowledge and growing. Right. And that's the thing is the vast majority of people, not just managers, but everyone, most people, the average American, for example, does not read a book a year when they get out of school. And when people look at reading as something that is a chore, they don't do it. But here's the thing is if whatever, you know, there's a phrase that I think uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell, not Gladwell, one of them, I can't just draw a blank. uh, He actually had the, the quote that said, in essence, what got you here won't get you there. And uh, the people that they go through school, the things they learn in school are outdated oh by gosh. the time they get out of school. Oh. So, I mean, you have to constantly <laughs> be learning or you're going to be roadkill for those that are. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. Especially today. I mean, today is a yeah. different beast. The, the things are when, when information you know, travels at the at the speed it travels today. People mm-hmm. just evolve faster when information spreads, yeah. and we're evolving faster as humanity, as you know, just people as society than ever before. Yep. And it's not enough to just you know whatever you learned, even like two or three years ago, is becoming irrelevant, especially in regards to marketing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's that's like, true, absolutely. Yeah, and it's changing. I've got to be honest, up to three years ago, David, I was one of those people who would never pick up a book. And uh, just, you know, I have to be honest. And like three years ago, I started just talking to successful people and trying to discover what it is that makes people successful. And since I, I've lost count and that's, um, it's changed my life. It's opened my eyes. And yeah, I'm so uh, just an advocate of just learning and uh, investing. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. So, and I kind of want to dive deeper uh, on that first that first reason why people fail because I didn't really give it enough time I think okay. but uh, All right. they say you know you, people I feel like they just show up every day and uh, they don't really lead and that's kind of what we talk about in that that first part but let's dive into that a little bit more I mean what what do you think people are doing when they just show up Well you know they have an idea of what the job's going to be they come in they don't want to come first of all you know they say that Mondays there are more heart attacks on Mondays than any other day of the week. Mm. <laughs> and the question is why? Well, because people, they dread having to go into a place they hate to go and to have to work with people they don't like to work with. Yep. And it's stressful. It's stressful. So they start analyzing and start thinking, you know, is this what I'm supposed to be doing in my life? Why am I so miserable? So they're not happy about it. So the problem is um, 
that you have these type people showing up as the people that work in your company. Yep. So you have to inspire these people, give them a reason to want to come to work, surround them with other winners. You know, I tell people we only allow uh, racehorses, A players on our team. And the thing about it is, is when, when it, this Gallup actually said this, Gallup organization research, they said that successful people would get frustrated having to work with unsuccessful people. Oh, yeah. Is if you, they said 47% of your best people, not your worst people, Eric, your best people are looking to leave you right now for two reasons. And that is because you do not recognize their accomplishments for you and their contribution. And secondly, is because you make them work with a bunch of losers. <laughs> you tolerate incompetence on your team. Yeah. And that frustrates A players. You know, and, and they don't want to deal with it. And this it really resonates with me. It really hits home with me. And I just want to, you know, preface this by saying I, I wasn't working with losers. I love the people I worked with. They're incredible people. But what was bothering me is I, you know, I worked in this restaurant. It was a pizza place for 12 years. I mean, one of my strengths is my loyalty. Uh, but at the same time, your strengths can be your weaknesses. And being loyal to this person where I wasn't growing professionally, I was hurting me. Yeah. And I just was sick of being around people who weren't in the hospitality reason for, uh, or in the hospitality uh, industry for the the reasons of making it their career, They're, it was just there for now jobs, and I was surrounded with that, sure. and that just it just yep. ate me alive. Like it, it was awful. Yeah. Um, so it's so true. Like, what are you doing? Like to create a workplace where it's about being uh, people who are truly passionate about where they want. Are you just a job to somebody, or are you uh, the means to becoming their dreams to get to something better or to, to grow in their career professionally? Like, there's so much uh, power in that and just uh, significance in that. Um, so thank you for letting us dive deeper into that. And I think, you, okay. um, so let's, I guess, is there anything else you want to touch on with these, these three reasons why people fail? No, I think we covered a little overview of it. I think that's good. Awesome. So, um, now what we're going to do is, uh, dive into the seven rewards principles. And, uh, I'm just going to give you guys at home just a taste of these things. Uh, I really, and it's because, you know, when you, when you start reading, uh, your book, David, what's your advice for uh, really how to read the book and to absorb it? Well, I think, first of all, you should have a highlighter in your hot little hand as you read. Yep. And you should also have a notepad or a journal and write down the key things that you get from it. But I will say this, too, before I forget, and I can't remember if I said this last time when we talked. But uh, if you buy the hardback copy of my book on Amazon and send me an email at davidlong at top10manager.com, I'll send you the workbook I wrote. That's on my book's website. Mm -hmm. And that helps you maximize what you learn from every chapter in the book. Awesome. And it makes you, it makes you dig down and learn the key points from every chapter because that's really what you want to get. From every chapter, I always tell people when they read a book, make sure you get the major one at least takeaway from the book, pardon me, from that chapter mm -hmm. and why that chapter was written. Why does that matter? When you find that and you, you, you meditate, if you will, on it and you think about it, you chew on it a while and you say, am I doing that in my career? Mm -hmm. Am I doing that in my life? Because you need to internalize what you read, or why would you read? Exactly. You know, if you're going to read for entertainment, you might as well read some dadgum novel <laughs> or something, or, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, John Gresham, you know, those kind of guys. They, that's great. I read for knowledge, but because I've done it for so many years, it's entertaining to me. Exactly. Because I am a student of the game, mm. and I love the game, love and that's it. why I want to constantly learn 
so many different things. I tell my employees who work with me, I only share 10% with you guys of what I learn because mm-hmm. I don't want to overwhelm you. I, you know, one of my guys says, Dave, working with you is like drinking from a fire hose. You know, I, I can't easily overwhelm them with all the things yeah, that I learn I in my three, my three to four hours a day. Exactly. I mean, I don't even know. I, I couldn't even try to wrap my head around that, just trying to absorb everything <laughs> that you've, you know, just taken in over the years of studying. But I mean, the reason why I wanted you to explain the process of uh, going through, taking the notes, uh, highlighting, mm-hmm. and then going through and reading it again is because you really take away more that way. And, um, and I don't yeah. want to go dive into every one of these principles because I don't think that it will be worth your time because you're going to listen to it. You're going to think, Oh, I got it all. I don't need to go get the book. I want to just give you a taste, an aerial view of what these principles are. And then I really want you at home to take the next step to get this book and to go through the steps of highlighting what really resonates with you and going back and reading it again. This is just the call to action guys. This is to put this in on your radar to get it in the hands of your managers and to take it to the next level. So that's why we're just going to touch on these briefly. So the first uh, principle, the R, and we're going to spell out the word uh, rewards as we go. The first principle is uh, reconnaissance. In a couple sentences, what is reconnaissance to you? Reconnaissance basically is the military, they call it recon, mm-hmm. where you figure out where the enemy is and you need to, in relation to you, because you always need to know. You know, a, a Sun Tzu said, if I know what my, what my enemy knows and what I know, and he only knows what he knows. I will defeat him every time. Yeah. And so that, you have to pay attention what's going on out there, whether it be in the industry, in the country, economically, with your suppliers, with your employees. You have to pay attention. That's what recon is. Yeah. And I think w- one thing that I was thinking of when I was reading this uh, recon is, you know, going out into your marketplace. If you're a restaurant tour, your city, eating at other places, seeing what other people are doing and not, not just right. stealing employees. Like, if you go and you get outstanding yeah. service, like you do it, whatever you can to get that person on your team. And um, yep. that was one thing that really, uh, you know, I was thinking about when reading that chapter. And uh, also today, uh, it's easier than ever with social media uh, to yeah. have reconnaissance. You can literally peer into the window of all of your competitors by going on their Instagram page and seeing what they're up to. Um, so <laughs> sure. it's, just take advantage of these resources. All right. Uh, the second uh, principle is E. So education. I'll mm-hmm. dive into that, how that's important. I talk about two things in education. One is a mastermind, which is where you get with like-minded individuals who want to learn something that you want to learn. In my case, building businesses and marketing and those type things is I have five other CEOs here in my local area. They all pay me a thousand dollars a month to be in the group. We meet for one four hour period, one time a month. And then they also get an hour with me or one of my team. If they have, like uh, Yuichi my, is our web IT director. And if they have an issue on technology or something, then I will let Yuichi go work at their company for an hour to help mm-hmm. them with that. So I, you know, we work on their business. The four hours we have together, each person gets roughly 40 minutes. And every time they come, they have to come with one of two things, Eric. They have to have a challenge that they face or an opportunity that they're thinking of pursuing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So they put the case out there and we tear it apart. We rip it to pieces. Mm. You know, they may have an opportunity and they only see the upside. Well, we say, hey, have you thought about this? Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. We just saved them thousands and thousands of dollars if they did not have their ducks in a row, so to speak. 
So, and they also have a challenge. Sometimes since we're talking about employees, they might have an employee who has been with them 10 or 12 years, like you mentioned you had, and all of a sudden they have a lot of drama going on in their life. So you want to pull that individual aside because you care about them and you want to let them know, hey, I'm paying attention to what's going on, Eric, and you're not your usual self. Tell me what's going on. You know, so those things like that, you have to be doing that. And that is what we talk about in Mastermind. So we, we look out for each other. And the second aspect of education is our book clubs, where we talk about, I buy books for all of my employees, 62 of them now, and we read the book together, a chapter or two, depending on the length of the chapter, a week, and we meet for an hour. I pay each of my employees an hour a week to be in the room with us. We have so many employees now that we actually split it into two groups, 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning and the second half of the employees at 10 o'clock on Thursday morning. And we discuss what we read in that chapter. Now yeah. you don't have to do books all the time. You can do a break and sometimes we'll do watch, we'll watch some DVDs of like goals, things like that that help our people. You know, we do Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Mm-hmm. That's not a book, it's a DVD series. Yep. But I have, I cannot tell you, Eric, how many of my employees send me texts, they'll call me, they'll tell me in person, David just paid off my credit card or, Dave, so I had a lady, uh, one of our ladies that work with us, works with us. She actually, with tears in her eyes, said, I just paid off my last bit of money oh, on my student awesome. loans. <laughs> and she was just, I would not have, she told me, I would not have done that or been able to do that if we had not learned how to manage our money better in book club. Yeah. So that's pretty huge. Yeah. So it, that's what we do. And by the way, your, your, uh, your listeners can go to uh, My Employees, which is our company website, myemployees.com forward slash resources and they go to that page and down on there they'll say they'll see some videos but on the left hand side they'll see uh what book club has meant to me in essence yeah uh that's what our employees are being three of our employees just so far we're gonna we're gonna interview them all eric but (laughs) one video that's the first one we did three of our employees were asked questions specifically about how book club has impacted their lives it is powerful, man. You know, and I'm it's, you. I know there's some people probably listening to this and thinking to themselves, I work in a restaurant. When do we ever have time to sit down and to read a book and to really talk about these things? Uh, and, you know, it's, it's tougher in that atmosphere because we're not, you know, we are constantly moving in this industry. We don't really get much time to really sit and reflect and absorb. But I'm going to challenge that and say we do. Um, it's just think about how many times you've been in the kitchen and there's music playing in the background. That's a prime yeah. opportunity to listen to an audiobook with your team. And some people say it's a little woo woo. It's kind of cheesy to do that, but you know, if you want to be in the top, you know, ten percent, then you those are the times you you take to educate your people and to invest that time into evolving your people and to duplicate your people. We'll, we'll dive into that more later on. But Eric, there let, is me, let me say this, Eric. Let me say this. You can find time, and you will for the things that matter to you. Mm-hmm. Period. Absolutely, we always do. It obviously doesn't matter to people if they don't want to do it. I have people tell me all the time, well, Dave, you don't know anything about retail and you don't, you know, we can't do that. I'm going like, I had 13 years in retail. Don't tell me what I don't know about retail. When I, in my younger days, that was one of the things I was in top, top field in top 1%. No matter I was chosen in the retail world. I was chosen one of seven people out of over 1200 people on the East coast. So don't tell me I don't know about retail. I do, but it's very successful at it. (laughs) Go ahead. I was going to say, but at the same time, no matter what, 
you know field you're in the core the core to success yeah. is the same um and it it's is. these principles that we're going over these things that we can apply no matter what your sector is um yep. and it's powerful stuff and you're giving away more than i thought you were going to by the way you're really diving into this education thing so you guys are getting <laughs> well it's very important <laughs> it is it is important. uh so let's move on to the second or the third rather correct me uh third yep. principle which is w so we're at rew the first three letters of rewards and that's winners winners emerge yes yep. so winners emerge explain and from the book club from book club is where i get winners emerge mm-hmm. that's why it's right after that okay because when you start when you start helping people become more some of them really grasp the concepts that you're studying and learning and all of a sudden they they rise above head and shoulders above everybody else mm. you know they've got the story i love to tell is josh straw one of our guys he was the most introverted employee I probably ever had in my entire life. And he works in production and he stays back in the back. He doesn't deal with people as much. And, you know, I remember in book club, occasionally we open it up to our, our employees to lead, actually lead book club because I'm developing my people, Eric. Absolutely. So I want them to get the practice of standing in front of the other employees and, you know, and handling the meeting and, and asking the questions and giving the answers and all of that. Well, Josh Straw, very introverted individual. And I challenged my people to grow. And I remember I was on vacation in California at the time. And my COO, Adam Tard, who does book club most of the time when I'm not here in North Carolina, you know, I'm out traveling, which I told you I'm going a lot. But when, it, when Adam called me and told me, he says, guess who wants to leave book club? And I, who? I said, who? And he said, Josh Straw. I said, Josh Straw, are you kidding me? <laughs> Don't you dare let him do that till I get back. So anyway, I got back. I'm sitting on the front row, which made Josh a little more nervous, right? So I'm sitting there, and, and the kid is up there, and his hand is shaking as he holds the book. Oh, man, no. <laughs> but he did a phenomenal job, Eric. Yes. And when he got through, when he got through, I went up, and I put my arm around him, and I said, I want you to know that you saw courage today. I said, Josh Straw, I know you were dreading doing this after you said you wanted to do it right. He said, yeah. I said, but look what you did and look how you grew today. You did a phenomenal job of leading book club. Oh, I said, been awesome. it, you know, and I, and I bragged on him. <laughs> and if you could see the difference in this young man from when he came to work with us and now is a massive, massive change. Oh, and man. he is a success. He's one of, he's, he's an exceptionally valuable young man to our team. And it's because he has run with the things we have taught him in book club. Awesome stuff, man. I can only imagine how that must have made him feel. He must have been on top of the world in that moment. Yeah, uh, he is. That's awesome. And uh, Very happy young man now. Yeah, one of my favorite sayings is, you know, cream rises. And I think that's a yeah, popular restaurant saying. Uh, but at the same time, mm-hmm. to kind of uh, to tag onto this, winners emerge, losers will fall to the bottom. And why is yeah. it so important uh, to, you know, get rid of those people when you see them falling into the bottom? Well, you know, I, we always try to fix people. I, you know, I, I, I tell people you, you train them. Uh, you just constantly, you hire right. First of all, you hire for attitude more so than skill because mm-hmm. attitude is harder to get a solid person with a great attitude than it is to get someone with a skill. You can teach skill, especially if you've got a phenomenal system in place like we do. So that's not the hard part. But if you have a great attitude, man, that's awesome. People want to be around those people. Mm. But if you got a bad attitude, nobody wants to be around you, period. You know, I talk in my book about the, the Lindberger cheese. 
on the on the oh, drunk, yeah. the old man's <laughs> you know, beard. You know, I, we won't spoil the story. We'll let them read that. We discussed that story. Yeah, and the uh, the first time you were on the show, I brought that up. Did I? Yeah, okay. All right, that's good. But it is. It's it's and it's true. I mean, you take your stank around with you wherever you go. Yeah. if you've got a bad attitude. Absolutely. So that's really what it is. Which is that's how important. It which is. is the fourth letter in uh, rewards? The the, the fourth principle <laughs> is right. attitude, and it's so yeah. true. I think that I mean, it's so easy to get just. Uh, part of my language shitty and just crappy in this industry because it's a lot of work 60 hours 70 hours a week you know uh holidays when you're you know thanksgiving you're missing thanksgiving you're missing christmas eve like all these times when you want to be with your family to make sure other people are happy it's really easy to get down and it is i mean i think the biggest lesson i've learned um in regards to attitude is how powerful it is that to know and I'm kind of, I'm sorry, I'm stealing the stage right now. I know this is your time. Oh, you're to talk, good. Go ahead. But, um, is that y- we as human beings have the ability to change our attitude on the spot. We have that control only total animals total allow. Control. You have total control. And that's huge because I mean, yeah. we can either choose to be miserable that we're missing our dinner with our family or we're not going to our, our friend's bachelor party or whatever it is. We couldn't get coverage or we can be grateful yeah. that we're in an industry that we do. We have the opportunity to make other people happy and to do what we love. Um, That's true. Dive into attitude a little bit more. Well, I mean, it is it has to be uh, in your DNA. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we infuse it in people's DNA the longer with, they're with us. If someone comes in you know, I, I think I told you before, we in our employee handbook, the very first paragraph in the employee handbook is we are the type culture, which is in, wants to be better tomorrow than we were today. Yeah. And we read books together and we do things together as a team. We go out, I take a bunch, you know, I'll say, all right, we're going to watch Batman versus Superman versus Batman, you know, and who wants to go? We're going Tuesday and we'll go grab dinner after. And they, I take my people out. I do things with them that bond the team. And it's easy to have a great attitude when you have a team like that. But the thing about it is, is that when you have a competitive environment, which we do, we foster competition because competition, Eric, makes everybody more money. Mm -hmm. In a restaurant, for example, you incentivize people who sell more appetizers, drinks, and desserts. Why? Because that's where the profit is. The entrees, one of the least things you make money on. I mean, the other things in the world, where all the jack is, all the money, you know. So those are the things you get them to focus on. And when you do competition like that, and you recognize the top person who got the most points, if you will, for selling the most desserts and appetizers and drinks, wow. When other people see that individual getting praised and, and being recognized for that, then they want that recognition, and they compete to be able to have the same thing happen to them. Yeah, and that's powerful, and um, and that affects your attitude. Totally. Absolutely. And one more thing before we move on, um, on to the next principle: How does attitude and visioning how are they connected? And I mean, we put a lot of emphasis on the the significance of visioning early on because it's so important. But how does having a solid vision tie to your attitude? And I'm I'm speaking about the Kennedy uh, example you use, where getting to the moon, and how that just to kind of paint the picture. Sure. Uh, when you have a vision, attitude makes it happen. Mm-hmm. If you have a bad attitude, it's easy to bail out. Yeah. Whereas if you have a commitment to a vision, your attitude is extremely important to make sure you follow through on it because you really believe it. 
And it's, it gets into you. Once again, it gets into your DNA. Yeah. Is you, you have a phenomenal attitude and you have the vision. Your people make it a reality. People buy in to an individual who inspires them yes. and persuades them. And yes. that is how they perceive it is their attitude. I could say the same thing. And my father used to say this. I, I may have said this in the first interview, but it bodes. It, it, it needs to be heard again. Is that my dad told me when I was a young man, he said, son, your attitude is like a piece of glass that you look through. You hold it up, it's clear. Everything you see through it is clear. But if you drop it in the dirt or in the mud and you pick it up and you look through it, you can't see through it very well. Mm. And it, it clouds your, your attitude and your thinking the same way. Yeah. Is if you've got a bad attitude, everything that happens to you when you have a bad attitude, it's like you're picking on me. You know, why do you, why you give me a hard time? Because you have that perception that they're out to get you. Mm. And that is your attitude. And that's how it affects that. Yeah. So you're not going to be successful with a bad attitude. I don't care what you do. Yeah, absolutely. And I couldn't, when I was reading those words uh, on the, how, uh, you know, Kennedy's vision to get to the moon and how everybody was like, oh crap, how are we going to do this? And blah, blah, blah. He, his attitude to, <laughs> you know, to lift them up and to yeah. say, we can do this. It is possible that that attitude just got everybody pulling in the same direction. And I couldn't help but think of uh, Dale Carnegie's words. Uh, I think it was Dale Carnegie in his book, um, or is it Carnegie, uh, how to win and influence how to win people. friends. Yes. Yeah. Um, how to win friends and influence people. Right. And you talk about how, um, I can't remember the names, but there's an individual who basically like he, who, who was it? Was it, um, the, what's the situation? The situation, the situation was, uh, he, was asked what it is that makes him so successful. Why is he making a million dollars? Yes. Charles Schwab. And it, yeah, it, it was right. his ability to influence and win and just surround himself. I mean, I feel like that ties so much that's to right. attitude. So do you want to explain he that was, better than I just did? <laughs> yeah. He was a Titan in the steel business and he didn't even know how to do it. Yes. And but because he could persuade and move men making $3,000 a day back in what the 1990s yeah. or uh, 1940s when the average person made like 50 bucks a month or something. Yeah. Crazy. And it, his skill, yeah. his, his, at, his attribute was just the ability to motivate and inspire other people. You can move mountains with the positive attitude. Right. Guys. Um, Absolutely. And before we move on to the next thing, I just want to say something real quick. Uh, you know, attitude, uh, the ability to know you can change your attitude is probably the one thing that's kept me going 230 episodes, you know, living at my parents' house, like reverting back to all these things just to keep on trying to help other people. I, I, I flip a switch every time I want to quit. I flip a switch and say, I have the best job. My job is to uh, make example of just, you know, passionate, successful people. And I get to help and touch thousands of people and to turn their right. switch on by doing that. Like how many jobs, even if you're making like next to nothing <laughs> like allow yeah. you to do that and that's what keeps me going it's the attitude to know that i can do that and i flip that switch and that's why i'm still doing this two years later and showing up every day mm -hmm. and you can accomplish anything with that right attitude yes it's so powerful absolutely absolutely so um all right the next thing we have that the principle is uh recognition so let's let's yeah. dive into that i think we kind of already talked talked about it with josh's story uh just being able to recognize but Dive deeper into why recognition mm -hmm. is so important. Well, I think one of the strongest and most indicting uh, comments that I've ever heard is that Gallup found that 65% of employees, when they were surveyed, said that they had received absolutely no recognition from their manager in the last year. Mm. 65%. Wow. That, to me, is just a tragedy. It really is. 
And it, it's, it makes you begin to see why so many jobs are lost to other countries. Because if a, if a manager or a leader in a company is not recognizing their people, they lose good people. They lose some of the best people. Because the best people, they want to give their best, but they also want to be recognized for it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get recognition from that person, they will seek it somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. And that's powerful. Yeah. You know, so recognition, of course, that's, that's part of what we do at our company at My Employees, yeah. myemployees.com. But that's, that's huge. Yep. And we look, for, we, look for rec- we look for ways to recognize our people all the time. There's another thing on the website that is really, really powerful. And I, I don't remember if we talked about it last time. So let me say it fast is I created a chart. I had the idea when I was on one of my vacations. And I realized, according to Gallup, that they said that the average person feels they need to be recognized every seven to 10 days for something. And then you hear that the average employee is not recognized once a year? (laughs) Really? So there's a huge disconnect between the manager and the employees, correct? Massive. So I created, I, I started thinking, okay, seven to 10 days. How many days are in a month? Okay, 30. So you divide that by three and that's 10. So I created this chart where it is a reminder chart to show you at the end of every day, you replay the day in mind. It's something else. Another concept that I do that's made me successful is I replay the day at the end of the day. And I say, okay, I recognize, I recognized Eric for getting that report into me today when I wasn't expecting until Friday. Mm -hmm. And I specifically tell you that way to go, Eric, man, you got this to me. Ahead of schedule, man. That's awesome. I like somebody that's on the ball like that. That's awesome. So do you, thank you so do you do much. This that in means a, a lot to me. Do you do this in a journal? I do it online in a, and this is something they can download. I even have a video showing you how to uh, use it, why you should use it, how to use it, and a link to download it. And it's, it's free. I mean, it's something that will keep you accountable. And you guys, you know, and you mentioned restaurant managers because that's what we're talking about. Yeah. You guys are jumping all over the place trying to, you know, you, I call you plate spinners because you, okay, I got to get, oh, I'm having a problem with the vendor. I got to take care of this. Oh, I got a problem with a boy that show up. Oh, I got to take care of that. So, oh, you know, hey, all of a sudden we ran out of, we ran out of salmon or something, you know, kind mm-hmm. of deal. So you're, you're always playing space, spinning plates. So at the end of the day, when you have a little bit of quiet time, you sit down and you re, you recognize, you write down, you type in that I recognized Eric mm-hmm. on this day and for this reason. And when you get to the end of the month and all your employees are listed to the left-hand side. So if you get to the end of the month and you say, oh, my goodness, I didn't recognize Bill the entire month mm-hmm. or I didn't recognize Jane the entire month. Wow. And you, you have these every month. They continue to – you can look back and say, I didn't recognize Bill last month either. Oh, my goodness. I got to find something I can brag on. <laughs> That's a great little tool. It keeps you accountable. Do you understand? Yeah, absolutely. Because I remember if you don't give them recognition, they're going to leave you for someone who will. And what a tragedy for you to lose your best people because you were being selfish or, uh, you know, maybe you were just insecure that you didn't want to recognize somebody too much because, oh, they might ask me for a raise. You know, yeah, well, if they don't get recognition from you, you won't worry about the raise. They'll be gone, and you'll be spending a whole lot more money to find someone who was as good as they were, train them, and hope they stay. So, I mean, recognition is huge. And like yeah. I said, if you don't give it to them, they will get it somewhere else. Yeah, and, and that's also available on my employees, myemployees.com. And I'll have all these links. To the resources page, it's there. Yeah, I'll have all these links in the show notes, guys, by the way. So it's restaurantunstoppable.com slash 230. 
Uh, you'll find all the right. links right there. And uh, I mean, you built a whole business around the, the concept of just recognizing people. Uh, my employees right. is really that that's the backbone of your business is just recognizing and just, I mean, it's so powerful, a successful business to add. I mean, uh, just off this concept of recognition. So, uh, I mean, another great book too, I can't help but think of when, when talking about recognition is uh, Peak by Chip Connolly. Uh, he, he dives into mm-hmm. the, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs and one of those right. higher needs is just being recognized, being a part of something. And he spends a lot of time in that book talking about the significance of recognition. So if you want to learn more uh-huh. about that, it's a great book. I'll have in the show notes as well. So then the next mm-hmm. principle, we're almost done. Um, is we're at number six now, duplication. And I feel like yep. this is just kind of like a spinoff or a continuation of education. Correct me if I'm wrong. It is, it is but it's, it's critical that you have systems in place, as yes. Michael Gerber in the E-Myth Revisited talks awesome about. Awesome book. And duplication, let me tell you why this is so powerful. I, not too long ago, had to replace a manager. And if you do not train your people and you have to replace a manager, what are you going to do? You have to have people that are ready. I call it in my book, you know, I call it the shark's teeth leadership development program. Whereas if you get in a, 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 a shark fights another shark or something else, it's going after prey or whatever. And if it bites into it and the prey shakes or whatever, some of the teeth in the shark will actually pop, pop out. And what happens is if you're familiar with a, a shark's mouth, they have rows of teeth behind each tooth. Yes. So when one pops out, another one pops right up into place. Mm-hmm. It's immensely, immensely efficient. Even Mother so Nature knows have, the importance. <laughs> absolutely. So what happens is, is when that tooth falls out or a manager does something stupid and you have to replace them, sadly, it's rare, but when it happens, uh, you know, sometimes for a bad thing and sometimes recently I, I promoted Tony uh, Robinson into management position because he had done a phenomenal job with us for many years. But we also look and see if these people and no person can be a manager in our company. And I tell every one of them this, nobody can be a manager in this company unless you have the mindset of, I will be better tomorrow than I am today. If you're not a reader, you will not be a leader with us. Mm -hmm. So you have to constantly better yourself. Mm -hmm. And that is the litmus test for you to even be considered in our company. So that's the thing. If, if you're training the people below the manager and you have an issue or a promotion or whatever, and you need to fill a spot, you've got people ready to go. So yeah. you, you duplicate your best people. Every once in a while, at least once a quarter, I ask my managers of each department. I'll say, Mer- uh, Melanie's our sales manager. I'll say, Melanie, who's your heir apparent if something happens to you? Be able to tell me. And they all know what my, my next question is, Eric. My next question is, what are you doing to develop that person? Mm. And they better be able to tell me because yeah. they're falling down on the job if they aren't. Yeah. Because I want to protect not only myself, but not only the employees in that department, but all employees in the entire company. Yeah. We all depend on each other. You know, so that's critical. That's, that's duplicate. That's duplication. This, this section really resonated with me. It really hit home with me just because it was one of my aha moments doing this podcast. One of the biggest, like, you know, when the ground shook and I realized something that you really separate successful people from unsuccessful, unsuccessful people mm-hmm. is that they're constantly mentoring. They're constantly developing people to fit the roles that they were in. Um, you, you know, yep. when you open a restaurant, if you're doing it from, you know, the ground up, if you have no, if it's your, if it's your first restaurant, you're going to be in the, 
executive chef position, possibly the general managing position. But from mm-hmm. day one, they're trying to put somebody into that, that position so they can free themselves. And then what they're doing is they, they realize that these people that they, they groom to put into that executive chef position, they mentor them into that position. They're going to, I mean, it, it's human nature. They're going to want to open their own place sometime, right? Yeah, but you know what? They're going to be loyal to you if you invested time and money. Exactly. And then you can invest in them in their vision, their dream, and they can open a restaurant under your umbrella, under under your restaurant group. And that's what all these successful people are doing. Yes. And um, it's, it's, you know, it's uh, probably taking duplication to like the next level, duplicating restaurants, making more restaurants after grooming and developing and mentoring these people, developing these teams of people because you, you put that investment into them. You duplicate laterally. And you grow restaurant groups this way, guys. This is how Danny Myers does it. This is how Lettuce Entertain You does it. This is how Besh Restaurant Group does it. They find successful people or passionate people with the right attitude like we talked about earlier. And then they duplicate with the core values and, and visions of what their, their, their group is all about. Um, sorry, I got really excited there, David. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> so let's move on. We got to wrap up. We're kind of running out of time here. Uh, the, the seventh and last principle is success. And yeah. what do you mean by that word? Uh, I mean, take it away. Well, the world, I would think if you interviewed the average person on the street, what they would say, you know, quantifies success to them. They would say lots of money, mm-hmm. lots of power, lots of fame. Uh, once you get a certain amount of money, uh, money is no longer a driving force. Mm-hmm. I know that may sound weird to you, but, um, I wouldn't you know, know personally. I've been, I, <laughs> <laughs> but I've been, I've been blessed. My wife and I have been blessed to be in the 1%, you know, in the top 1% of income earners in the country. And, you know, I, like I said, once you get to a certain level, money does not motivate me. The, what I love to see is the, the growth in my people. Mm-hmm. I love to see the growth in our clients. I love to get, for example, I love getting calls from like a Walgreens manager Who's, who read my book. And in my book, I talk about creating your own book club. Mm. He did it. And after one, one book club, Eric, one book club of an hour in a few minutes after that, he had a book club with the 10 store managers in his district. He invited the district manager and the regional manager. Well, he didn't tell all the managers that the regional manager and district manager will be on there. So only three, I believe, of the manager showed up. Wow. But the district manager and the regional manager showed up. And after that hour of discussing, and it was my book, by the way, they read the first few chapters of my book. And when the book club, the hour and a few minutes was over, the regional manager, who happened to be a lady, called up this young man and said, look, I'm really impressed that you did that. She had not read my book until he told her to read it, right, Mm -hmm. for the book club. So she said, I'm so impressed with that. I have 77 new managers for Walgreens being in the new trainee program. I want you to help me teach it. Wow. After one book club. Man. That's phenomenal. And all that young man did, he's, he's in his 20s, but all that young man did was what I said to do in the book. He took action mm-hmm. when the vast majority of population won't. Mm-hmm. He took action. And now he is elevated above senior managers in Walgreens <laughs> who've been there for five times longer than he'd been. Oh there. man. That's awesome. Well, that's how powerful that's success. When you see that, you see the development and you see people like this young man, Todd is his name who actually listens 
and takes action on the things that you say. Todd, this will change your mind. Eric, this will change your life if you do this. But most people won't. Yeah. And there's a, there's a book by Jeff Olson I, I highly recommend that people read too. And it's called The Slight Edge. Oh, such a great book. Great book. It is a great book. Yeah. And in that, Jeff talks about there's not a massive amount of difference between successful and unsuccessful people. It's just the slight edge. They do a little bit more than they should, but it adds up every day. Was, and he talks about it there. If you were to die of a heart attack by eating your first cheeseburger, you wouldn't eat another one if you knew you were going <laughs> to die. But you, you eat cheeseburger every day slight for your edge. life. <laughs> yeah, slight edge, man. You're either huge or you're dead. One of the two, a combination of both. Yeah. So success is showing up, doing that little bit extra every day, and taking an interest in other people being more successful. When you see them shine, that, when you go to the end of your life, I just, and I read this, by the way, this is in the slight edge too. He said, Jeff said that the average funeral has 10 people that are there crying, 10 people, that's all. And you think about the average funeral going down the road, there's usually not a whole lot of cars, but if there is, you know it was an individual who touched many, many lives. Mm -hmm. And that's success. Yeah. The touch of people's lives. Absolutely. Awesome stuff. And you know, one more thing that really like kind of resonated and stuck out to me in this section is you kind of touched on it earlier when you first started about success isn't about money. It's about getting really specific about what success means to you. So you know what to chase. So you have something to go for, something to aim for, a goal to achieve that's important to you. And I think this is again why visioning is so important. Uh, and going and getting that that experience, working for other people to find out and studying other people to find out what really does drive me. Like, what can I get passionate about? What can I achieve so I am successful to me? Because like you said, money at the end of the day won't make you happy. Once you have a lot of it, you're going to be hollow. You're going to be like, I, I worked so hard. I don't have it. I didn't achieve anything. I just have money. Crap. So yeah. Um, yeah. just just really getting you know clear. And I think uh, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why, is a great yeah. book to really dive into. It is. You know, the power of understanding your purpose and uh, yeah. getting clear about that. And that was one thing that I just felt like was really important to, to really just drive home before we wrap up today. Mm-hmm. And um, yep. yeah, those are the seven principles. Just again, uh, to, to summarize reconnaissance, education, winners will emerge, attitude, recognition, duplication, and success. Uh, this is a must read book. We just scratched the surface. And again, uh, he gives great <laughs> examples. This is a book that you should make all of your managers read. Uh, it, yeah. And if, I mean, I'm not exaggerating when I say that because it will make your team better. Um, is there anything you want to add before we wrap up today? Any last thoughts, any last words, any direction you want to send people? Yeah, I, you know, the number one topic when people read my book, they want to ask me about, I just got back from a Japan trip, a lean manufacturing tour to Toyota and Lexus. And there were oh, 34 awesome. of us. And I had guys gathered around me because one or two of the guys had read the books prior to going. And they started talking about it. Next thing I know, I got about 10 or 12 of them talking to me about, tell me, tell me more about book club, Dave. So I talk about it. And the power of book club cannot be underestimated. Mm-hmm. If you're a restaurant manager, what you do is you show up a half hour. Depends on how many employees you're talking about. Depends on the size group. You show up a half hour before you're supposed to. And, and the second shift, if you will, who comes in for dinner or whatever, have them show up a half hour before and you sit down with them, like maybe in a back corner of the restaurant and you talk with them. Because 
if you want something to happen, if you want your people to be loyal to you, invest in their lives, mm. buy the books for them, work with them, and they will see, man, this guy really cares about me. And that's one of the things Gallup found is if you invest in people, they will believe that you genuinely care about them. It's not a ton of money. You, and I'm going to end with this. Abraham Lincoln said, if it's about six hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first four hours sharpening my axe. Your people, Eric, are your axe. Yes. Sharpen your people. Your clients and your customers will be much, much happier in dealing with sharper people than what you have now. And you, when they become a part of a team and they bond together, you'll lose less of your best people, Yeah. period. And, and the, the book club will pay for itself many times over. It's quite frankly, in the 12 years I've been doing it now, has made me, no hesitation at all, millions of dollars. And I've kept the best people on my team. I, I need to, you know, just say again, um, and just, you know, I know people are saying, how am I going to do book clubs at work? Audiobooks are so powerful. Uh, it's yep. it's a life hack. I mean, you can go yeah. buy the book for everybody on your team, or you can buy a membership to Audible and play it for everybody yep. on your team for fourteen dollars and ninety five cents a month. I mean, and think right. about the return on investment you're going to get. So your call to action is going to be right now to go to audibletrial.com/unstoppable. Get a free book, Danny Myers, Setting the Tables, the number one landslide book, which is also on audio. You can get that book. I read that. It's free. Good book. Absolutely good great book. book. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and play it for your team in the morning or before dinner service when you're in the kitchen prepping or walking around the dining room, getting the dining room ready. That is going to be your book club time from now on. That's your. That's that's what we're going to take away from this this interview is the the power of, of just you know sharpening your people like you say. And there's just such an easy way to do it with audiobooks. So I'll have the links in the show notes. Again, don't forget this is episode two three zero. So restaurantstoppable.com slash two three zero. And while we're on the topic of calls to action, check out myemployees.com. Uh, we talked a lot today about the significance of just recognizing your employees. Myemployees.com can help you with that. And David is a great guy. I think he's proved himself to us here today. So uh do check out myemployees.com and figure out they'll teach you you know, how important it is to recognize your employees and they'll hold your hand through the process. And also, if you click on the link, myemployees.com, you'll be sent over to a landing page over at myemployees.com where you can get Dave's book for free along with a DVD, informational DVD, uh, and uh, uh, like a little sample plaque to show you what they're all about and what you can get with that service. Um, thank you again for taking the time to come back on the show for a second time to really dive into your book. And you gave more away than I, I anticipated you would. So thank you for your, <laughs> your uh, generosity with that. And I'll have the links to this book um, in the show notes as well. Uh, awesome stuff. David Long, uh, there is no questioning. You are unstoppable. <laughs> Thanks, you are too. <laughs> Cheers. There's another episode wrapped up here at Restaurant Unstoppable. Just a reminder before I let you guys go. Please head over to restaurantunstoppable.com where you'll find links that will bring you to all the resources and books my past guest mentors have recommended. This is my way of going out and curating all that information, putting it in one spot so you can act on the advice of our past guest mentors, people proven successful in our industry. This is how I serve you. 
Also, you can now schedule a free 15-minute chat with me, Eric Cacciatore. I'll inspire you. I'll send you in the right direction. I'll make recommendations. I'll help connect you with the people that can make your dreams unstoppable. It's a free 15-minute one-on-one with me. Head over to Restaurant Unstoppable. You will find the links. I made it easy. Keep leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. It's my goal to become the number one podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And those reviews hold so much weight. Keep on leaving those reviews. They help so much. Don't forget to keep using my links too. That is really the best way you can support this show. Anytime you hear about a new product or service that you can think can just be used in your restaurant, use those links. Don't forget, email me at eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Those emails keep me going. They light the fire in my belly to make me show up every day. So keep those coming. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. Until next time, peace out.